You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Into the Woods is a quest musical from 1987 based on a book written by James Lapine and also directed by James Lapine with music and lyrics composed by Stephen Sondheim. Lapine and Sondheim set out to write a quest, something like The Wizard of Oz or Dungeons and Dragons or The Hobbit, but decided on fairy tales or folk tales, such as stories from the Brothers Grimm and their imaginary dark world. As a result, you will see characters and their famous stories, such as Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, and Rapunzel, as well as a narrator, a witch, and even Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk. The musical debuted at the nonprofit community theater, the Old Globe Theater, in San Diego in 1986, where it had 50 performances. It then premiered on Broadway the following year and closed in 1989 with a whopping 765 performances. The story went on to have a U.S. national tour, a 1990 West End production in London, and a revival this past summer in 2022. Disney then adapted it to film and released it in 2014. It won three Tony Awards in 1988, which included an award for Best Original Score, Best Book of a Musical, and Joanna Gleason won for Best Actress in a Musical. It also won the 1988 New York Drama Critics Circle Award and the Drama Desk Award for Best Musical and a Grammy for the original cast recording. The UNO Theater is presenting Into the Woods, which opens November 17th and runs through December 4th at the Weber Fine Arts Building. We talked with director and assistant professor of theater, Ron Zhang, and also UNO senior and theater major, Chloe Beltrand, who plays the role of Little Red Riding Hood, about their production of Into the Woods. We asked Ron about how this production for UNO Theater is going and why they chose this production. This is actually kind of exciting. This is the second time that we produced the show, but the last time was in the early 2000s. So it's been a long time. And especially with Stephen Sondheim passing, we thought this is a good time to sort of pay tribute to him and do one of his productions. And this really seemed like the one that provided the best opportunities for our students, just in terms of a wide range of roles and some audience appeal. And I think some things that are pretty, re- well, I shouldn't say easy, but easier to cast on the college level than some of his other shows. And their production is being done in conjunction with the UNO music department and will provide a live orchestra. But yeah, so they've been working on music for a good long time and orchestra has been doing some some work for a while. And so, yeah, we'll be hearing them. We'll be hearing everybody together for the first time tomorrow night, which will be exciting. We have a combination of Hal Francis, our music director. He's faculty in our department as well. He used to be with Opera Omaha. So he's music director for the show. He'll be conducting. And then he has um, an orchestra that's a combination of student musicians, but then also some professionals from the community as well. Since this is the second time You Know Theater has done Into the Woods, we asked how this production was different than their previous one, or were there any major differences? The last time we did it, the set was a little more simple, a little more abstract. This is, this is I wouldn't say a realistic set, but certainly more obvious trees and that sort of thing. So, so from that aspect, I guess it's kind of interesting and different for us. 
It's a big cast. Yeah. The show, as it's written, has a lot of roles that could be doubled where people play maybe two different or three different parts. And we're spreading that out. So everybody is playing a single role. So provided more opportunities, but it also meant to a little easier for people on as far as rehearsal goes. We asked Chloe what attracted her to audition for the role of Little Red Riding Hood. I did not try out for any specific roles in particular, but when I was called back for Little Red Riding Hood, um, I, I couldn't help but laugh. I thought, I was like, oh, okay, I'm the cute little kid character, I guess. <laughs> but I was cast and, you know, I've fallen in love with the role. She is such a lovable and unique character to play. You know, she's very hardy and stubborn and independent, but she's just a kid. And I feel very sympathetic with that. It's really hard for kids out there. And I feel like, especially after COVID, a lot of kids grew up really fast and without a whole lot of steady interaction with people. And I feel that Little Red Riding Hood kind of distances herself from people in a way in that she doesn't need anybody to help her. She knows what she's doing and she's never gotten in trouble before. And and when she's encountering the wolf, it's... <laughs> It's your typical naivete of a kid. You know, she's, this is a dog. A dog has never hurt anyone. It's not a wolf. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a role that is very fun to explore. And there's so much nuance that you wouldn't think uh, to find in a, in a role like this. Um, but I've really enjoyed finding all of the little, you know, quirks about her, all of the things that she does, especially, you know, it, you know, in her like one song that she has where she's, you know, explaining to the audience, like, I, <laughs> I have forcibly learned things from this experience that has happened to me and I can never be the same little kid again. I have to move forward with this newfound knowledge. And I think there's just a lot of, um, information that can be gained from this character. She's not the main character by any means, but she she has a lot to learn and a lot to show the audience. And for those who have never seen the play, but may have read the book or seen the movie, we asked how this stage version compares. I think one thing is that um, they did a really good job of, because originally when they first started writing, the thought was to do an original fairy tale and they started writing that and they said, you know, that's kind of dumb because there's so many out there. So then they decided to go with these more traditional stories as far as, you know, Cinderella and Jack and the Beanstalk and Little Red Riding Hood, and then combine them and intersect them. And that for me is part of what's really exciting about it is making those sort of connections work and those overlaps work. Um, it's also been, as Chloe can attest, one of the challenges of rehearsing it because there's so many short little scenes and characters are constantly coming in and out. So it's been kind of crazy to keep track of all that and just be aware of like, oh, wait, that's right. You're going off on this side and you come back a page and a half later. So like, where are we going to bring you from? So that's that's been a bit of a challenge. But yeah. But if you know those familiar fairy tales, even from like the Disney version, you maybe get some things that you wouldn't from maybe... The, the little more sanitized Disney version. It actually goes back to some of the darker origins of some of the stories themselves. Um, the cast was kind of shocked to learn that like in the earliest version of Little Red Riding Hood, she meets the wolf and she gets eaten. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. There's no saving. It's just don't talk to strangers or you'll be eaten. <laughs> Good night, kids. You know, that's, yeah. that's hard for us to wrap our heads around now. Part of what I like about it too is I think 
the songs are very catchy, like they get stuck in your head really quickly. Mm -hmm. So um, you will probably leave humming things whether you want to or not, because they just won't escape because they're they're written a little bit like some of those simpler Disney tunes. There's a lot of repetition. And so, yeah, so I think that sort of comes into play. But but I think they're they're presented in interesting ways and interesting combinations. And that's really I think what's exciting for an audience is just to sort of see how things change. And then also, too, the big thing with this show in Act 2 is really looking at what happens after Happily Ever After. You know, it's fine to say that Cinderella marries her prince, but then what happens after that? How happy are they or not? Right. Because you have, like any relationship, you have expectations going in, and then you've got to deal with the reality afterwards. And I had to ask Chloe, what were her favorite songs in this production since both the show and Sondheim is so beloved? Right off the bat, one of my favorite songs is Agony with the two princes, uh, princes, Cinderella's prince and Rapunzel's prince. It is such a funny song that just delves into the fact that these two guys just want um, a really attractive wife. And, you know, it doesn't really matter if she's a little weird. Like <laughs> Rapunzel has 25 foot long hair and lives in a tower guarded by a witch but you know what she's really pretty <laughs> so it, it's so funny these these characters are so surface level but the song helps kind of like kind of aids the audience in being like yes these are men that have surface level wants but these are their thoughts you know these are actually what they're doing it's not especially with agony reprise where they they reveal that you know their their affections are wandering a little bit after they've gotten what they wanted originally it's it's a way to help the audience be like yes these two guys are pretty bad in their intentions and their you know disloyalty to their wives but um these are still in the end human beings and it's something I actually really enjoy about the prince's character as a whole is he sort of reveals he's like I was born a prince I didn't ask to become a prince I didn't wish to be a prince this is just the role that I was born into and I am only human you call me a prince I dress like a prince but I'm just a person and it's such a beautiful thing and I really think you get that from those two songs. So I love them so much. We talked about why this show has so much to offer an audience for entertainment, including costumes and puppets. Lots of comedy, <laughs> lots of physical comedy, lots of, yeah, lots yeah. of great moments and some, some really fun, um, cause there are animals in the show. So there's some really fun puppet work that's happening. Oh, and fun. our actors have been, really taking off in terms of their work with the puppets. So that's exciting to see. As far as the costume, something that's kind of fun and exciting is Jen Sheshko Wood, who was our costume designer, took this show as an opportunity rather than just renting costumes or just reusing a lot of costumes. She's really upcycling a lot of the clothing that we have. So it's a lot of old pieces from stock and reinventing things so like you know five parts of a shirt will become a, sh a skirt or something like that or you know so a pair of pants will actually become a shawl so that's actually kind of cool to see you can sort of see the different fabrics and the different textures and the way they sort of intersect with each other so that's that's i think one of the really cool visual elements too and of course we wanted to talk just a little bit about our guests and so ron how long have you been at uno um, I've been here, I've been on faculty here since 2018. Oh, 
Um, I did my master's degree here in the early 2000s and then went away to do my PhD and taught at three other schools. And now I'm back here as a faculty member. Yeah, I'm currently completing, this is my senior year. I'm getting my undergraduate's degree in theater. So very excited. I plan to just keep going, hopefully. Um, I'm I'm looking at maybe getting my um, master's. I'm not sure quite what yet. I have a job at a high school right now. I'm currently the assistant coach for the speech team at North Bend Central High School. And um, I'm very excited. It's my first time doing any kind of work with teenage kids that is not me being their friend in a way. I'm just kind of feeling out where I want to go with my life. It's I love theater. I've been in a few productions outside of school. Uh, I just did the Omaha Fringe Festival during the summer. That was an amazing experience. I had a great time. I didn't get paid that much, but it was more for the experience for me. And I'm just excited to get to finally go out into the world and gain more experience, just become settled into myself as an actor and as an artist. And alumni from the first production won't want to miss the opening weekend. And we even have on our opening weekend one night, there's a bunch of people who are coming who were in the production last time. So they did a sort of alumni event where they're all coming and bringing their families. And so that should be an exciting night too. One of the sentimental and poignant things about the show Into the Woods is that Stephen Sondheim mentions in his interviews that the characters evolve from I wish I didn't live here anymore, to I wish we could all get along and live happier ever after in this place. And Sondheim leaves us with so much beauty and this relevant message. Into the Woods runs November 17th, 19th, 20th, and December 1st through the 4th. Tickets can be purchased at the box office or call 402 554-7529 or visit unotheater.com for more information. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.